I'm suggesting you never repress, suppress, deny an emotion, but you feel them fully, somatically, with your body. And then, while you're feeling that powerful magnetic attraction, and it is magnetic and demanding, shout. Every frightened part of your personality is righteous. It does what it does because it's justified in doing it. But those are the experiences of one part of your personality. And you have many parts. And you don't have to act in that part. You can act in a loving part. So while you're feeling the pull, the magnetic attraction of that part, reach for the healthiest part, the most loving, the sanest, the grounded, the most grounded part of your personality that you can and act from that. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone. And Gary, it is so good to see you again. Thank you, Vishen. Yes, it's good to see you. So, Gary, there is so much wisdom emanating from you. It's hard to get it all in this 45-minute session. So before we begin, Mindvalley produced some interesting new technologies to help our team and our audience here, which is anywhere from five to 10,000 at this point, learn better. So I want to quickly just share my screen and show you what we're doing. Could you guys just flip to my computer, please? So what you're seeing here is Mindvalley Insights. This is a free tool, insights.mindvalley.com. So what you can see, I just put this note up. I went through my Seed of the Soul book. Seed of the Soul is one of Gary's books. It is a book that Oprah said was her second favorite book after the Bible, the book that Oprah said she puts on her bedside table. Now, I went through my book and I looked at all the highlighted quotes and I put them here on this document for you. We're going to go through these quotes and this diagram from the book. And so rather than go through questions with Gary, because there's so much I want to cover and we only have 43 minutes and 14 seconds at this point, I've made this public. Now, I want to show you how to access this. Go to Mind Valley Insights, and you will see that it is one of the more recent insights. Okay, if you go to Insights, you can follow me. Click on Vishen Lakiani. You can follow me, and you will see I just put this up there. Now, I want to encourage you guys to participate. As you listen to Gary today, I want you to write down your insights, your aha moments, <laughs> and this is how you do it. I'm going to ask our admin to post this link. So if you come to this link, you will see all our collective insights on Gary. So let me repeat that. We are creating this page on the internet that you can interact with. You can write down your notes, your insights from this, attach it to this page, and at the end of this session, all of us can come together and we can all swap notes and see what we learned. All you got to do is click on this button, create insight, and you go to editing mode. Now I'll go back to my insight because we are going to use this as a framework for this conversation. And again, I've added all my favorite quotes after this session. You might want to read this insight to reflect on these quotes. They are mind-blowing. Now, let's get back to Gary. Gary, welcome back to Mind Valley. First, tell us, where in the world are you right now? I'm in Ashland, Oregon, in the United States. Beautiful. That's where but, Neil Donald Walsh is as well. Yes, it is. And Jean Houston and my spiritual partner, Linda Francis, and several other heartfelt 
soulmates. And uh, those are naming just a few of the 7.5 billion soulmates I feel that I have. I'm happy to share them and be with them all. Beautiful, Gary. And Gary, I know your new book, Universal Human, is about to be released in a few days on June 22nd, correct? That's correct. Well, maybe we'll stop this conversation because this is such a big thing. So for the thousands of you watching, I want you to know if Seed of the Soul was mentioned by Oprah as her second favorite book after the Bible, imagine how good Universal Human is going to be. This book is going to be released on June 22nd. And so I want you to just search for Universal Human, Gary Zukav, Z-U-K-A-V. Go to the Amazon page and pre-order the book if you can. Okay. And Gary, let's do this as an opening question. Tell us about Universal Human. What is a Universal Human? And why is this book so important to you? A Universal Human is authentically powerful beyond culture, religion, nation, ethnic group, and gender. A human whose allegiance is to life first and all else second. This is a wonderful question to start with because in my experience, all that is happening now, this magnificent gathering that you've created called Mind Valley and the pandemic and everything that is happening around us and within us are all part of an expression of an emerging awareness that is now happening in hundreds of millions of us. And this is an unprecedented and epic transformation of human consciousness. And this is what I want to share mostly with you. The largest context, of course, is love. But what is expanding is not love. It's our awareness of love. And what I'm going to share with you now is a window through which I've come to see life. And I don't ask that you believe it just because I say it. In fact, I suggest that you don't. And I also suggest that you don't believe anything that anyone else tells you just because they say it. Take it into your heart. See if you resonate with it. If you do, experiment with it. And if that experiment creates things that you want to continue to experience, then experiment with it again. And if you don't resonate with anything that I say, throw it away. Don't wear a shoe that pinches. So everything that I do and in my experience, everything that we all do is in the context of this transformation, this unprecedented, never happened before shift in human consciousness. And it's happening fast. Uh, human consciousness has evolved, as you might know, over 300,000 to 2.5 million years, depending upon when you start to count. And it's plotted slowly. Now it's exploding with a startling velocity. The new consciousness is very different from the old consciousness. The old consciousness was five sensory perception. We felt that the universe and everything in our world and that could be in our world was defined by the five senses. And our understanding of power was the ability to manipulate and to control. That's the before. This is the after. Hundreds of millions of us are in the after now. We've crossed a threshold and the new consciousness is beginning to touch us. The new consciousness is not limited to the five senses. And our new understanding of power is alignment of your personality with the highest aspect of yourself that you can now begin to sense and grasp and experience with your new consciousness. 
And I would call that the soul. Call it what you choose. Atman, if you're Hindu. Soul, as a multi-sensory human, it's the part of yourself, the part of your personality that existed before you were born and will exist after you die. And our new understanding of power is to align ourselves with that aspect of ourselves, with harmony, cooperation, sharing, and reverence for life. And all of this is leading directly to the universal human. Beautifully said. Let's talk about what you touched upon. There are a couple of quotes from your book on the soul and on personality that I really love. And one of the things that you mention is this. I'm just going to read this out because I found this quote so beautiful. You said, the harmonious personality is one in which the soul flows easily through the part of itself that is in touch with physical incarnation. Can you elaborate on that, on the idea of the harmonious personality and the soul or atma? Oh, yes. Think of the last time, if you had a last time. And I believe that if you're watching this gathering, you have many times such as this, when you are filled with appreciation or gratitude or joy or contentment. Maybe you were watching Alpenglow on a mountain, like I've done many times, or looking at the ocean. Maybe you had just looked into the eyes of someone. You might not have even known them, but you felt the connection there. And for a moment, you knew more than you saw. You could feel that connection. That's a soul-to-soul connection. These are experiences of harmony. Five sensory humans strive to create circumstances of minimal conflict, and they call that harmony. And from their perspective, it is. And by the way, this is so important. Those of us that are becoming multisensory are not better in any way from those of us that are still five sensory. That's just a temporary ebb and flow in evolution. Within another few generations, human generations, all of us will be touched by the new consciousness. We will all have sense ourselves as more than bodies and mind, more than entities that have a birth date and a death date. But this new awareness leads us to new understandings of everything, from harmony, as we're discussing now, to ourselves, to the world, to the universe, to relationships, religion, to community, to everything that we experience. And so I'm going to suggest that you are more than perhaps you thought you were. And I'm sure that many of you, that's not something that's unfamiliar to you, that your origin is not merely physical and that your capability, your creative capability is far more than you might have suspected. And that we're all moving now, if we choose. This expanded perception is a gift from the universe. You don't have to develop it, although we will. All you have to do is unwrap it and use it. But creating real power, alignment of your personality with your soul, that is not just a gift. The potential is the gift, but to create it in your life is for you to do. And that requires commitment and courage and compassion and conscious communication and action. And that's really why we're here together. We're here in this larger context of an expanding human consciousness. We're here in a larger context of beginning to experience ourselves as love, as more than we thought we were. And more important, as you go through whatever questions you have, Vision, is 
the how. How do you do it? I'm a practical person, not a metaphysical person, although I love writing about whatever my heart shares. But it's mostly the practice of transforming my life from one of fear, which means anger, jealousy, resentment, into one of love, which means gratitude, appreciation, caring, and unlimited vitality and creativity. One of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality to health and wellness to relationship is that life is enormous and there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. You were just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mind Valley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. I love that you say that. In your book, Gary, you talk about this concept called reverence. I love that word, reverence. And you define it as so. You say, reverence is engaging in a form and depth of contact with life that is well beyond the shell of form and into essence. Reverence is an attitude of honoring life. Let's talk about reverence because you speak of reverence and you speak of love. Help us understand what that is and how they interact. Well, its intention is everything as you're creating. That's why we'll see soon that it's uh, very good to have conscious intentions instead of to create with unconscious intentions. So in my experience, it's an intention, I'm going to become more loving. I'm going to become reverent. But that intention will take you to places that will be surprising. That intention will bring your awareness to all of the parts of your personality that are not reverent and that are not loving. These are all aspects of your personality that originate in fear. And you experience them as some of the things that I mentioned, anger, jealousy, also resentment, feelings of superiority and entitlement, or feeling of inferiority and needing to please, every obsession, like I've got to have it, I've got to have her, I've got to have him, every compulsion, like workaholism, perfectionism, and every addiction, every addiction, sex. Gambling, drugs, alcohol, shopping, all of these are experiences of fear. And as you set the intention to become loving, as you set the intention to become reverent, to see life in all things, to value life in and of itself, then you begin to encounter with the power of what you are evoking in your life these very aspects of yourself that prevent you from these things. 
and they prevent you also from giving the gifts that you were born to give. Unearthing these parts of your personality in yourself and moving beyond the control of them with your conscious volition is the creation of authentic power. It's a moment-by-moment creation. And as you do, it moves you in completely surprising ways and expanding ways and loving ways. Thank you. You mentioned, Gary, that even though you're going to talk in spiritual terms, you are going to give us some practical steps. What would be a couple of practical things we can do to start stepping into reverence, stepping into authentic power, and embracing the ideals of the universal human? Indeed. There's only three tools that you need to create authentic power. The first two are emotional awareness and responsible choice. These are your steps. Emotional awareness means becoming aware of everything that you're experiencing inside, every emotional current in you. But that doesn't mean simply being aware of being sad or exhilarated or depressed or happy. It means being able to identify within certain areas of your body physical sensations, specific physical sensations. For example, physical sensations, if they're associated with fear, Stab, sting, burn, churn, churn. Heartache, for example, is not poetic. It's real. When you're experiencing, really experiencing a frightened part of your personality, you'll find that it's as painful as getting your car, your finger caught in a car door, or hitting your thumb accidentally with a hammer. That's emotional awareness. And that's the first tool. And just to create it and work with it requires commitment and courage and compassion and conscious communication and action. Because as we become aware, more aware in our lives, we don't just become aware of joy and love and fulfillment and contentment. Most of what we have in our lives before we begin to step into our lives consciously is fear. And fear hurts. It really hurts. So develop emotional awareness. Linda, my spiritual partner, and I, Linda Francis, uh, co-authored a book, The Heart of the Soul, Emotional Awareness. It'll walk you through that. But do the exercises. Don't just read the book, because if you read the book, you'll know a lot about emotional awareness, but you won't be emotionally aware. The second tool in creating authentic power is responsible choice. A responsible choice is a choice that creates consequences for which you are willing to assume responsibility. So, Emotional awareness is so important because you might look at your emotional awareness as receiving messages from your soul. And what are those messages? They are, you're in fear or you're in love. For me, I'll speak in the first person. A part of my personality that originates in fear is active in me. How do I know? Because I've stopped in this moment of just before I shout at someone or withdraw emotionally or judge them in my mind. And I look inside. And if I find physical emotions, physical sensations, pardon me, and say, this is these areas, throat, my chest, my solar plexus, then I know that fear is active in me. Now, here's the thing. If I act in fear, I will create painful, destructive consequences. Painful, destructive consequences are always created by acting with the intention of fear, anger, jealousy, resentment, vengeance. Got to have more. 
how to impress. And if you look inside yourself and you find physical sensations that are blissful, the kind of physical sensations that you want more of, then you know that love is active in you. And if you like gratitude, like appreciation, like you feel when you stand before the ocean and you see a wave crash and it's 30 feet high, I've seen these, I disappear. And I believe that everyone around me disappeared and all that was there was the ocean for a moment. And I was the ocean, but, or was the ocean I? It didn't matter, I wasn't thinking. When you have experiences like that and fulfillment and experiences of connection and joy, then acting on those We'll call them loving parts of your personality. Create constructive and blissful consequences. Now, the moment of creating authentic power is the moment that you look inside and you realize, you feel inside, and you realize that a frightened part of your personality is active. You're judging someone in your mind. He's so stupid. I'm so stupid. You're judging yourself. It's the same thing. Or you're about to act in anger or jealousy or any of the frightened parts of your personality, and you feel it fully. So I'm suggesting you never repress, suppress, deny an emotion, but you feel them fully, somatically, with your body. And then, while you're feeling that powerful magnetic attraction, and it is magnetic and demanding, shout. Every frightened part of your personality is righteous. It does what it does because it's justified in doing it. But those are the experiences of one part of your personality. And you have many parts. And you don't have to act in that part. You can act in a loving part. So while you're feeling the pull, the magnetic attraction of that part, reach for the healthiest part, the most loving the sanest, the grounded, the most grounded part of your personality that you can and act from that. That is creating authentic power. And every time you do that, you're beyond the control of that frightened part. Authentic power is developing the ability to recognize, to distinguish within yourself the difference between love and fear and act with love all the time. No matter what's happening inside of you, like jealousy or rage, or what's happening outside of you, like another 9-11 event. You were saying authentic power is the ability to recognize what's going on within you, love or fear, and to act with love every single time. I love that. It's such a profound, powerful message, so easy to understand, but at the same time, so hard to do. In your book you describe certain characteristics of the authentically powered human being. You say an authentically powered person is humble. This does not mean the false humility of one who stoops to be with those who are below him or her. Rather, it is the inclusiveness of one who responds to the beauty of each soul, who sees in each personality and in their actions the soul incarnate upon earth. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about that for a second, because I love that quote. By the way, I want to share that I'm really not the author of any of this. All of this comes from the universe. This doesn't mean that I'm not a part of it. I wrote it. I took all of my capability and my experiences from that, many of which predated probably my birth date as a scribe or as someone. 
And I'm laughing, Gary, because the quote starts with the authentically powered person is humble. And here you go, being all humble and all talking about how you never really wrote the quote, but you channeled it from the universe. But still, either way, if you were just a vehicle, it's a beautiful quote. Let me explain humbleness for a minute so that no one will confuse it. Humbleness is simply recognizing that everyone's journey through the Earth School is as complex and labyrinthine and difficult and painful and rewarding, potentially rewarding as your own. So a humble person walks in a friendly world and, and everyone is part of that world for him or for her. And humbleness is one of the characteristics of an authentically powerful personality. Humbleness, clarity, forgiveness, and love. Love is the big one. Beautiful. What can we do to start stepping into this authentic power? Well, first set the intention. And everything I'm telling you about authentic power is an expression in the terms that I've been given to share. But the bare-bone structure of self-transformation is evident for everyone to see. Number one, you can't change anything in yourself that you don't know is there to change. That's where emotional awareness is so important because your body will not lie to you. When you put your focus on your chest, your chest, your throat, your solar plexus, and four other places in your body, in the East they're called chakras, but we'll call them energy processing centers because I'm an English speaker and not a Sanskrit speaker, but... They're real. You can't find them on a CAT scan or X-ray them, but you can feel them. You can experience them in yourself. And when you have painful physical sensations in any of those areas, energy is leaving you in fear and doubt. And when you feel good in any of those, any one or all of those physical sensations, then there is love present in you. And you are releasing energy in love and trust. This is where we're going. This, if we choose, <laughs> if we choose, authentic power is a potential and bringing it into being is something that you choose to do. So you don't step into it. You can't stumble into it. You can't find it. You can't recognize it in someone else. And you can have a moment of grace yourself, but you've got to create it. If you have a moment of grace in which suddenly the pain was gone, the anger was gone, the rage was gone, that was a gift from the universe, showing you in that moment what your life would be like without fear, and then it will go. And when it goes, that's when your work begins, because then it's your responsibility to bring that experience into your life so that it's a stable, ongoing experience, so that you are living gracefully. You are living in alignment with your soul, in alignment with all that you were born to share in the Earth School. And that is a creation. That's a choice, a responsible choice. And it may sound dramatic now, but when you're in a frightened part of your personality, if you're like me, sometimes I can't even remember a healthy part to go to. But I can remember that I was in a healthier part than I'm in right now. And anger was a big part of my life and for a long time. And... At first, when I started challenging my anger, the anger that a frightened part of my personality felt, that's an important distinction. All I could do was just stand there in front of somebody I was angry with and clinch my fist and clinch my jaw and just decide I'm not going to speak. Whatever happens, whatever he says, whatever she does, I'm not going to speak in anger. And that's the best I could do at that moment. 
And I didn't realize that was a good thing to do because it put me in another universe of energy. Before, all of the people in my life were people who were angry, like me, and like me, didn't care who they expressed it to and who they lashed out in. But when I set that intention and started to act on it, the intention not to express an anger, I put myself in a world of people who, like me, were angry and determined not to act on anger. It moved for me from there into beginning to be able to relax a little bit when I was angry and then to listen. And then anger can come and it still hurts. It's still there. It still has its thoughts, but it doesn't penetrate me as deeply as it did before. And I'm suggesting that this will be your experience also as you create authentic power. Your journey will be your own. There's countless ways to challenge a frightened part of your personality. And that's what you do when you reach for a loving part of your personality. Maybe you read a psalm from the Bible. Maybe you read something from the Gita. Maybe you chant. Maybe you listen to beautiful music. Maybe you walk by a stream. Maybe you go into town and do an errand. Not to distract yourself. Not to distract yourself. But to rest yourself and to keep your intention on creating authentic power. When you do that, you're also, you're also engaging non-physical guidance. I just want to do a quick summary for the audience here. If you look at the note that I just shared on Mind Valley Insights, you will see I've divided Gary's quotes into many of the topics that he's actually speaking about. From, you will see under emotional cleansing, some key ideas on emotional cleansing. And you will notice there is a section called illusions. And there's a chart there from Gary's book. And Gary says, each personality draws to itself personalities with consciousness of like frequency or like weakness. The frequency of anger attracts the frequency of anger. The frequency of greed attracts greed and so on. And Gary goes on to talk about emotional cleansing. We'll come to that in a moment. He also talks about guides and teachers. And that, Gary, is what I can't wait for you to speak about next. That is at the heart of multisensory perception. At the heart of multisensory perception is that our expansion of perception goes far beyond the five senses. And there, that's the new terrain that we're entering. There, the five senses cannot tell us all that we need to know. Like, why am I here? Who am I? What's the meaning of my life? And what's the meaning of what just happened to me? And the intellect can give us no answers. The intellect is designed to work hand in hand, just like this. With the five senses, it analyzes, deduces, predicts, and offers to the personality those experiences that will most help it pursue external power, ability to manipulate and control. But that power is now counterproductive, counterproductive to our evolution. It produces only violence and destruction. So now that we are becoming multisensory, we're also beginning to be aware of non-physical guidance, whatever way it comes. We're beginning to be aware of non-physical teachers. And by the way, if you're writing that, that's a capital T, not a lowercase t. A non-physical teacher is an impersonal energy dynamic, although sometimes we personalize them. We think their personalities, like we, are personalities. And we even give them names. We say, that's Michael, or that's Oscar. <laughs> I'm just making that up. But they are not personalities like us. They provide us, if we ask, if we ask, 
with wisdom and compassion that are beyond what we can give to one another. And the, a defining characteristic among many of multisensory humanity and multisensory humans is multisensory perception, is the ability to continually interact with non-physical teachers. So it's not that I have a non-physical teacher and therefore I'm in a position of authority or superiority to someone, to anyone. Because as we become multisensory, we all have access to non-physical guidance. So now, what are we going to do in a world in which everyone converses with non-physical guidance, converses with the wisdom and compassion of the universe? Well, we learn how to share and we learn how to listen. We learn how to co-create. We learn the difference between love and fear because fear is the only thing that prevents us from doing that, from loving, from co-creating, from listening, from receiving. And as we do it more and more as we create authentic power, we begin to see that boundaries that were so evident to five sensory humans are melting or have melted, like the difference between giving and receiving. It's really the same. Compassion. Compassion is medicine, good medicine, that you give to yourself as you're giving it to someone else. The boundary between inside and outside. And this doesn't mean you're not responsible for your choices. On the contrary, you are here in the earth school, as am I, as is vision, as is everyone that you can see. And you are responsible for what you create. But what you are creating are your experiences in the earth school. You're not adding to love by choosing to love. You're not diminishing love by choosing fear. You are changing your experiences in the earth school. Why choose to learn wisdom through fear and doubt when you can learn it through love and trust? You can't make a bad decision in the earth school. You can make one that's painful, but there is learning in every decision that you can make. Every decision, all roads lead to home. But some are more direct <laughs> and, and enjoyable than others. And some are longer, more difficult, and more painful. I love that, Gary. One of my favorite lines from your book, Seed of the Soul, is this. Guides and teachers assist the soul in every phase of its evolution. The number of guides and teachers that a soul has depends upon what it seeks to accomplish and its level of awareness. Souls that take upon themselves projects of more magnitude bring to themselves more assistance. Gary, what is your advice on connecting or communicating with guides? I'm going to give you a, a tool, a technique that's foolproof, fail-safe, doesn't ever not work. Before you speak or act, if you're not clear on what your intention is, ask yourself, what is my intention? And you will not be alone in the answer. You might have to do all those things I mentioned earlier. Walk by a stream, go into town, do something constructive, not to distract yourself. The answer may come immediately or it may come later. When it does come, it'll come at the appropriate time. But imagine that when you're asking that question, guidance is pouring in. You are never away from your non-physical teacher or teachers. And you never have been, and no one ever has been. Everyone has a non-physical teacher or teachers. Five sensory humans have them also, but their limitations prevent 
their awareness of them. But we are multisensory now, and we can experience them. And it's interesting to me what she said, Vishen, because this is the first time I uh, really, too, have decided that I want to go more deeply into this because it was some 30 years ago that I began to have multisensory perceptions that I understood. I had them even close to the beginning of my life, but I didn't recognize them then. But now I do recognize them. And I thought for a long time, well, I can't say things like this because then people will think I'm, in other words, my whole goal is to assist people in creating authentic power because no one can create authentic power for me and I can't create authentic power for anyone else. But spiritual partners help one another. They support one another. Spiritual partnership is a partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. Multisensory humans are drawn to these types of relationships, relationships of substance and depth. Spiritual partners know they have souls. They know there's a reason for their being together, and they know that reason has to do with their souls. And I'm not talking about dyadic relationships. At the beginning of our talk, I mentioned that we have almost seven and a half billion soulmates. And the question is, how are you going to relate to each of them? Actually, how are you going to relate to the very small number that you're going to encounter in your life? And that brings us back again to the difference between love and fear. What creates consequences in your life is your intention. Not your action and not your deeds, but your intention. And intention is a quality of consciousness that you bring to your action or your deed. Just before you go off spiritual partnerships, because this is such a remarkable aspect of your work, you wrote a book on the topic, and that book influenced the way I see relationships. You mention in the book that the archetype of marriage was designed to assist physical survival, but the archetype of marriage is no longer functional. It is being replaced with a new archetype that is designed to assist spiritual growth the archetype of the spiritual or sacred partnership. And you go on to mention that spiritual partners born with an understanding that they are together because it is appropriate for their souls to grow together. They recognize that their growth may take them to the end of their days in this incarnation or beyond, or it may take six months. They cannot say that they will be together forever. And these ideas change my view of relationship. I'd love for you to touch on them for a moment. And I just want to recommend that book, Spiritual Partnerships, to everyone who is interested in this topic. Spiritual partnership has its own dynamics, and these are not found in five-century interactional dynamics. Spiritual partnership is a brand-new archetype. It didn't exist for five-century humans. There was no need for and no understanding of and no even understanding of why an archetype such as spiritual partnership would exist, an archetype of interaction between equals for the purpose of spiritual growth. The dynamics of spiritual partnership are three. The experiences of it are countless. First, spiritual partners stay together as long as they are growing spiritually together. If you or your spiritual partner or partners decide that you're not going to continue on your spiritual development, and spiritual means having to do with the soul. doesn't mean anything dogmatic or religious necessarily. As long as you are growing together, you can stay together if you choose. In other words, Linda and I have been together as long as we have because we are each committed to our spiritual growth. And this is the way I suggest it is in every 
relationship that you have, including your dyadic relationships. And I'm saying dyadic because that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean romantic. Romantic is another thing to discuss. That's an expression of fear. That's need. That's needing wholeness, needing completion, not giving. Essentially, it's taking. But we can talk about that later. Right. Another dynamic is that of spiritual partnership is that uh, spiritual partners choose their roles in the spiritual partnership. In the past, as we'll put it this way, as we become multisensory, new archetypes of male and female are also emerging. There's a new, an archetype of new female that's different from the old female. The old female was fulfilled by bearing and raising children, but the new female is unlimited in potential. She's no longer confined to the roles that culture or society have imposed on females. She can be, as we're seeing now more and more, the head of the state, the head of a large corporation or a small corporation. She can be an archetype or a plumber or a carpenter, as well as a mother. She can be anything she wants. The new female is, I'm reminded of Johann van Goethe's observation, whatever you can, whatever you think you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. That's the new female. She's unstoppable. I love that. Now, the new male is different from the old male. The old male was fulfilled by providing and protecting. But the new male is intuitive, tender, sensitive, caring, knows his emotions, cares for the young and the elderly and the sick. You can see the new male everywhere around us. You can see the new male walking through airport terminals, petting the behind of a child, of an infant on his shoulder. You can see the new male pushing a stroller through a shopping mart while he's uh, shopping for groceries. The new male does not need in his life another individual, such as a female, to bring tenderness and intuition and in kindness and heart energy, he has these things. The new male is redefining masculinity, and it's a powerful redefinition. I say that as a former Green Beret officer. Amazing, Gary. Your ideas in spiritual partnership change my desire and what I look for in relationships. It's no longer about be with someone forever. Rather, it's be with someone, don't worry about the time, as long as you're both serving each other's growth. And if you have to break up at a certain point, that's okay, but you do it consciously and you might still stay friends, but it's about growth. I love how your book, Spiritual Partnership, redefined the idea of the ideal relationship for so many people. So thank you for that. Now, Gary, we have come to the end of this conversation and unfortunately we're out of time. Yeah, I know it passed by so fast, right? For everyone watching, I want you to know that I put out a list of all my favorite Gary Zukov quotes. These are the ideas from Gary that had the biggest impact on my life. I put it up for you on insights.mindvalley.com. Search, just go to the search bar, type in Zukov Vision, okay? And you'll find that list. Feel free to comment, feel free to upvote it. Feel free to share your own list. One more thing, when you look at Vision's list, do the most important thing. When you find those quotes or those suggestions you resonate with, Put them into your life. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Don't just appreciate them because everything that I've shared is easy to understand. It's the practice. It's the practice that will transform your life. It has nothing to do Absolutely. with your intellect and your understanding. 
And I want you to go out there and get Gary's book. Seed of the Soul is one of the most incredible books I've ever read. A big thank you to Rachel, Rachel Harris for recommending it to me. And Universal Human is dropping on June 22nd. So go to Amazon or go to Apple iBooks and pre-order Universal Human. I'm so excited about this book because Seed of the Soul, Spiritual Partnerships changed my life and I can't wait for the next book, Gary. So thank you for honoring us here. I hope that at some point we can create a program with you on Mind Valley because I think your wisdom has to reach billions of people. It would help us create such a better world. Thank you, Gary. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.